1: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
2: A bunk bed nightmare. I'm Jason Horton. I'm
3: Rebecca Lieb.
2: And this is Ghost Town.
3: By the time you listen to this... Thanksgiving will just be a memory in your mind's eye. I understand that. But I went home for Thanksgiving to Wisconsin, where I'm from. And one of my friends, my parents are usually the people that will recommend things to me that I can't use. Like things that aren't a place, things that aren't haunted, things that aren't mysterious. They're like, how about town hall? How about Milwaukee's town hall? And I'm like, I don't. They're like, how about um, this event in history in France? You're like, that's not even a place. That's very, thank you though. Anyway, my friend Amanda, she is a really funny improviser. Amanda Oley, shout out. She used to live in Los Angeles. She sent me this link for the Horicon haunted bunk beds. And I was like, you know what? I got to use this.
2: I mean, you can't confuse, is are there other haunted bunk beds? I'm not
3: even sure I'm saying the town right. Horicon? That's an awful name for a town. Sorry, Horicon listeners.
2: Oh, I thought it was Horrorcon, like horror convention. No,
3: it's it could be Horicon, but I think it's oh. Horicon, Horicon, Wisconsin.
2: I mean, it's a good name if you think Horicon. It's, if you're using the word horror.
3: We're not. Oh, and you say it like you're not from Wisconsin. Yeah. If you're from Wisconsin, you say Horicon, Horicon, Wisconsin. I don't
2: like that. I don't like the way that <laughs> sounds. Like that.
3: The bunk beds from Horicon. No, you don't like that. No. Well, that's how it would be anyway. Amanda sent, shot me this link, and I went, and we're back to Wisconsin from whence I came. Horicon itself is a small city in Dodge County. It's got about 3,500 people. It's 40 minutes from where I grew up, and I was living about 40 minutes from there when this event happened, when (laughs) the Horicon haunted bunk beds came to town. In 1987, a family living in Horicon experienced what may be the only case ever of haunted children's bedroom furniture that I can Google. Do you know any? No, exactly. Exactly. Alan and Debbie Tallman bought a bunk bed from a secondhand store for $100 and moved it into their home on Larrabee Street. Strange things happened almost immediately. The radio would switch stations on its own. The children saw an old woman in their room with long black hair that, like, glowed from behind her, kind of like an old Renaissance painting. Doors would bang open and shut, a chair rocked by itself, disembodied voices called out from empty rooms. You know, Horicon stuff. (laughs) The Talamans decided to bring in their pastor. You got to love like a small Wisconsin pastor who came in, assessed the place and said that he felt the presence of the devil. So he got to work, blessed the house. Did it do anything? Absolutely not. The activity continued and their son soon became so scared that he no longer wanted to stay in the house. Frustrated one day, Alan walked into the house shouting at the top of his lungs, Pick on me, leave my kids alone. Cla- it's almost like a classic horror story trope, where it's like the dad's like, I have had enough. But it's in like a Wisconsin accent where it's like, pick on me, leave my kids alone.
2: <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs>
3: no, you can't. You can't. I Get can. a couple drinks at me and, and okay. you'll really hear it. The next day, whatever entity was inhabiting the house had accepted this challenge by the patriarch of the family. Alan heard a voice from the garage say, come here. When he went to investigate, he saw the orange glow of fire inside with red eyes staring at him through the garage door windows. Later, he was in bed sleeping with his frightened children. Alan witnessed a fog rise out of the floor. That's not where fog comes from. I'm no scientist, but that doesn't sound right. The fog turned into flames with green, beautiful green eyes. A voice emanated from said fog telling him, you're dead. And then it was gone. A few days later, a relative of the family spent the evening at the house helping Debbie with the children while Alan worked late. A skeptic of the paranormal, this relative became a believer that night when a horrific figure materialized in the bedroom as he was putting the children to bed. The Tolemans fled their home that night in the dead of Wisconsin winter. So you know it's serious. When you leave your own home in the middle of Wisconsin, and we're not talking... Just to give you a sense of a Wisconsin winter, my brother sent me a video of him and he had a cup of water and he threw it in the air and it froze. Yeah, how about that? It's like Canada, almost. So they left their home cold, cold night and stayed somewhere else. But of course, stories of the haunted house spread. The media and hordes of people flocked to the Larrabee Street home to see for themselves. One notable visitor was a drunk dude, Wisconsin baby with a bible intent on in performing an exorcism instead of casting the devil out and saving the town as he bragged to the police officers he was arrested for drunk driving again. Wisconsin got to love you. The story of the haunted house in Horicon quickly took a life all its own growing to include blood oozing from the ceiling, a hole to hell in the basement which we did an episode too uh very close to there in uh Marion. There's the Hotel Hell, right? Hotel Hell, that's right. It's uh, an early episode which was actually more of a portal to hell than this was and also a snowblower that cleared the driveway by itself so this has become an even, but even still like you don't need to exaggerate these testimonies too much they're already pretty awful so the sheriff of the town contacted the family and met with them at the station after hearing their account of the last nine months again nine months living in this house he became convinced of their sincerity At his request, they eventually shared the details of their experience with a few select members of the press who promised to protect their identities. The sheriff hoped the truth would chill the town out, but of course it did not. Following threats of arson, the Horicon sheriff eventually decided to release the address of the vacant house to ensure a neighboring home with a sleeping family didn't get set on fire. His words, the house was sold in November 1986 for $50,000, $3,000 under what the family paid for it originally. Later that year, the Unsolved Mysteries crew arrived to shoot on location with permission from the new owners. The episode, filmed inside the actual house, aired on October of 1988. Reenactments of the events featured local Milwaukee actors portraying the Talamans. You gotta keep that local talent. Very
2: folksy. <laughs>
3: it's very fun. Ooh, spooky. The episode is, you can't really find it. I tried it very hard. Uh, I guess if you get an out of print Unsolved Mysteries ghost DVD, you can find it. But um, if not, you're just gonna have to take. Talaman's word for it. Thank you to UPI and Cult of Weird for this great info. Thank you to my friend Amanda for sharing this. Um, I guess my the lesson the big takeaway for me is really like don't bunk beds are not a good idea in any way, shape, or form. They
2: just seem inherently dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's just like you're it's like against what it's like gravity
3: yeah. is always. I get gonna it's be space against- efficient. I totally get it. But come on, people, you can't take this risk. Oh. You know, do you want to see an old woman with a weird halo? You want to die?
2: There's no bunk beds to be haunted by or hurt by Mm
3: -hmm. at a little
2: place called patreon.com slash ghost town pod where we have another haunted episode waiting for you.
3: Yeah, lurking. Lurking, waiting. If if these episodes are two twins and they're holding hands and they look exactly like one is run behind a curtain, you want to get them both, right? Before the blood comes out of the elevator.
2: There's tons of other episodes. You've probably got 25 waiting for you sitting Mm -hmm. there. Also going to start putting some... Episodes f- ahead of time, advanced mm-hmm. ones with no or little to no ads. Huh? Sans ads? And so you get to hear it and it's raw, ooh, corporate free. Yeah, <laughs> you
3: just <laughs> corporate free. It's like a freshly dug gemstone. Yeah. It hasn't been beaten down. Yeah, or you're refined. not getting it from
2: Amazon Prime. No, 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 no. You're getting it from the dark web. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, baby, with bitcoins. Hi there, it's Mo. And Chip.
1: And we're the hosts of the Deep Dark Truth Podcast.
3: An allegedly
2: hilarious podcast that dives into your favorite conspiracies, mysteries, and bizarre true crimes.
1: We investigate cases like proven conspiracies, rituals, and the cryptid dating scene.
2: Because local cryptids want to meet you.
1: Listeners can also submit their own experiences and might find themselves featured on future episodes.
2: Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And don't forget to rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now.
2: And keep searching for the Deep Dark dark
1: truth. I hate when you do that.
0: Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why.
2: I thought it was an eco move.